following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion from the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. Baptism is about conferring grace on a believer. Mm-hmm. Forcibly sometimes. What? Are you saying the first infant baptism was Moses in the Nile? <laughs> Techno-baptism sounds awesome. <laughs> Does that mean if there was one priest on the Titanic, everyone went to heaven? Holy moly! We are second rate today. <laughs> Alright, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Second Rate Saints podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Caleb. To my left is... Joel. And to my left... I'm Colton, and to my left... Uh, I'm Josh. To my left is... Uh, back to Caleb. And we're missing Stuart again. However, Joel, tell us about our online presence. Yeah, so we've been more active on our online uh, social medias as of late, uh, putting a lot of shorts out and things like that. You'll find us on Instagram at the Second Rate Saints. Um, that's second underscore rate underscore saints. Um, and then you'll find our website at www.secondratesaints.com. Uh, we're always putting stuff out, whether it be book reviews or little articles and, and bits that we want to share with you guys. Um, but it's still mainly going to be the podcast. So look out for our long-form stuff and our weird little short-form stuff. It's uh, It's been good online recently, yeah. right, guys? Like, we've been getting a lot of comments and stuff. Yeah. yeah we, we love the engagement. People talking to us and us talking back. We try to get back to everybody if we can. But I love, I love the little, like, um, polls that you'll do on Instagram. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. It's um yeah i i mean my favorite thing is the the comments on the shorts just people who are like ready to preach good. after the preacher right they think they're, <laughs> they got their own stuff going on and i love those comments <laughs> so funny to me i love the ones that have both something insightful to say and something that kind of yeah. not as insightful well you'd be surprised how much genuinely good conversation comes out of someone just putting random thoughts out there that's kind of what we're doing mm-hmm. right and just trying to start conversations that is the goal very niche topics yeah. Fun stuff. On top of that, Joel, you read a book. What'd you read? I did. So I've been getting more into the the pastoral vein of things as of recently. Um, So I read a book called A Church Called Tove by, what is it, Scott McKnight? Scott McKnight and Laura Barringer. Yeah, so they kind of co-author it. It's weird because it's not specific to the chapters that they write. It's just like the stories are from both of them. It's a little bit of a weird format. It's not as academic as some of the other books we discuss, but it's a really interesting look at the breakdown of pastoral leadership. When things go wrong in leadership, this is what happens. And it looks specifically at Bill Hybels. Um, so if you know anything about the Bill Hybels controversy, that didn't what's go the name well. of his church? Living Waters? Living Waters. No. Uh, I'll look it up. Something like that. I think it Anyways. is Living Waters, isn't it? Something like that. But yeah, so it goes over kind of the... Willow Creek. Willow Creek, that's what it's called. Um, goes over some of the forensics of, of how that all played out, some of the warning signs that come from um, leaders as they start to seize power or to reject authority and accountability, um, kind of what tyrannical leadership looks like in the church. Um, it was a really interesting look. I mean, we've had, in the last couple of years, a lot of pastors with moral failures. This one came out in 2019, so it's not as up-to-date on some of the, the most recent scandals. But... Uh, if, if my memory of the book is correct, I read it about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Colton and I read it at the same time. Yep. And Tov just means good. It's Hebrew for good. That's all. Okay, yeah. The premise is tacky. 
Yeah. The premise is on, on, on par with Prayer of Jabez for me. Right? <laughs> and it says Tove. It says Tove a lot. It does, yeah. Um, but if my memory is right, about not Tove. two-thirds, or half to two-thirds of the book are about well, him talking about leaders seizing power, abuse of authority, how that works, how churches fall, how pastors fall, how's, like, what's, what systems that can be put into place and whatnot. But the last half or last third is all about like hypothetical these are kind of some guidelines these are some of the things that this is what we should chase after mm-hmm. yep. um this is what a, what a good church a church called tove yeah should be and, and it's, how they keep it that way as yeah well. i think it's the best part of the book that last bit now the whole idea is that like the lord saw what he had made and said that it was good mm-hmm. and then he's trying to bridge the gap between the new and old testament saying, hey, well, now the churches are called to be as perfect creation kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't and understand his biblical really, theology. That puts, it's not a whole Bible theology. It no, tries to be. It tries to make goodness really? a whole Bible theology. It's, it's, That's what it feels it. Wow. It's methodology is a little wacky at points, but it's still good. <laughs> it sounds good. But at the same time, it is just the word good. Mm-hmm. Tove is just good. Boker Tove is good morning. Right? <laughs> like, that's, he's, he's it's right. simple. <laughs> It's not, um, it's not shalom where it's like 13 words of peace crammed together. No, it's just good. And, and then he attributes all of that to all different aspects. Are you going to write a review on the blog for this? Not the blog, but the book review section. Yeah, I can have a book review up. Sure. Something like that. I, it is one that I would like to get a little more in depth with, so it might end up being a blog post by the time I'm finished with it. Interesting. Okay. Um, so yeah. give a quick, like, was it good? Was it bad? Was it old man? It was tove. It was um, no? out of uh, out of five halos. Um, what would you say? The halos. You know, one halo is like as pretty much as much as you can get, or else you no, get no, kind no. of biblically no, no, accurate you get about multiple it. crowns. You get a wheel within a wheel. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a wow within a wow. Um, I mean, I would give it like a three and a half. Yeah, like it's mm. worth the yeah. read, but I don't know if it's worth reading the whole thing. It gets pretty repetitive around, yeah. near the end, um, but at the same time. If what you're looking at is a proper analysis of how to deal with grieving churches, like failures in leadership, it's a good book. It's as good as it gets, right? Like yeah. Scott McKnight does a really good job of, of actually tying it back mm-hmm. to scriptural principles. Okay. Um, one of his, I think one of the best points in the book is why um, when you have victims of, of these abuse, um, you can't just tell them you have to meet with the, the, the abuser one-on-one, mm-hmm. right? Because that is, what is it, Matthew 18 or something like that? Yeah, um, first confront the, yeah, the first person. Yeah, first individual, then, then bring it to bring... the church, and if they don't agree, oh. then cast them out of the yeah, church. Yeah, individual, then a couple people, then to the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is, like, to put that on somebody, have a one-on-one encounter when the issue to begin with was a one-on-one encounter, doesn't really follow the the spirit of what's going on there. It's not caring for the individual. Yeah, and then there's also the idea of, like, a cord of three cannot be broken kind of a thing, right? It's if you bring more witnesses into it then it's it's going to resolve itself easier and i'm not like an expert in conflict management or anything even close to that but i really liked his his dealing with interpersonal stuff yeah okay and how to deal with people who have been genuinely hurt by people in leadership yeah yeah so it's a sad bit now one of the things he did point out which i thought was interesting because it's not something i'd really really considered um was the de- denominational aspect mm-hmm. like what churches are the most because it's either the ones that are the most totalitarian as, like, the hyper-Catholics, right? Yep. Where everything is very rigid and structured. 
Or it's the non-denominational, where it's not structured at yeah, all and nobody's brain. accountable. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the thing is there, um, it's either they have such a rigid system to play within that they can get yeah. away with what they can get away with. That's the Catholics, right? Yeah. You get that that whole issue. This is more Protestant-focused. church called Tov that will use Tov for anything or random Hebrew words, so it's not yeah. a, from a Catholic perspective, but still. Um, but the non-denominational part was interesting to me because it makes such a good case for why you should always align yourself with a larger body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And why you mm-hmm. can't just do it as an individual. Yeah. You need yeah. that accountability kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was there a, needs some authoritative... That was one of the cases with uh, another similar story with Mark Driscoll, the pastor of uh, mm. Mars Hill. Mars Hill, yeah. Um, there's a really good podcast that does a similar thing in this book called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill mm-hmm. done by the Christianity Today and the Gospel Coalition. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful job of going through the like how it happened, why it could happen in any church. Yeah. Well, why it couldn't happen in any church. But the the same things arose was a cult of personality, takeover of a church, mm-hmm. the abuses that went on. The people inside the church are going to have a really hard time at fighting it because they're inside the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when you have somebody like that who has control of a population mm-hmm. um, and they don't have the infrastructure to oppose them or keep them accountable yeah um it goes rampant and it goes off the rails Mm -hmm. um and then hearing episode 18 Mm -hmm. was timothy keller spoke on the episode in an interview and because he's another big individual that ran a huge church Mm -hmm. and he was in the church planning group that driscoll was part of yeah yeah peripherally he gets into that it's Mm -hmm. really interesting he was like he was a part of it but then he was like there's something weird is happening here Mm -hmm. Um, the, the organization that was involved was really just trying to get personalities to lead as personalities. Like it was all about the leader and it wasn't about mm-hmm. God in the church. Yep. And Tim, Timothy Keller was like, I don't like yep. where this is going. And he's part of the Presbyterian church. So it was yep. easy for him to like default into that. And he had that safety measure. Mm-hmm. But then also when he, he noticed the pattern that when a mm-hmm. church gets big enough, as a church, as a church plant grows, yeah, the it starts off with this like where the leader has all the power because mm-hmm. he's the sole focus of the church, mm-hmm. and then as the church gets bigger, he has to shed power mm-hmm. and responsibility to the church itself, and that should be at the same rate in which the church is growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Whereas, in the churches that go bad, the leader just continues to hold power within themselves. Yeah. As the church grows. Yeah. Kind of the ultimate authority thing. Yeah. And so when so Timothy you, Keller's you, church got big enough, he broke it up. Mm-hmm. And then he just pastored one small one. Interesting. Well, McKnight makes a good point that the terminology leaders, mm-hmm. right? And rather than calling them pastors or even you could say servants if you wanted to, if you wanted to get really into the whole thing, calling them leaders attracts narcissists. And he has a whole part that's just about narcissism. Mm-hmm. I wish he got a little more psychological with it like actually talked about what it is so it, you don't you can't just point your finger and say hey you're a little bit too self-absorbed you're a narcissist um <laughs> whoa <laughs> right like that, yeah. that's that's the problem right it's the same idea as everyone calling each other toxic yeah. right it's like at what point does that become a meaningless phrase yes um, yeah i don't know give it a read tell me what you think we, you know we love hearing comments on on the podcast so look forward to something on the blog yeah again mm-hmm. not a hard read so if you're going to read something that we've mentioned on the podcast 
I read it in a day. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't have much going on that day. <laughs> but we mentioned different denominations. Yes. We're going to get into something that is very interdenominational, and that is baptism. Baptism. Mm. Um, Caleb, do you want to start us off? Get us into the different types of well, I was. in baptism? There's about four different main views of baptism. There's many denominations fit into one of those categories. Um, we'll, go, we'll articulate each one of these, but a general overview. There's baptismal regeneration, which has to do with, uh, well, this is what Catholics and Lutherans do. It has to do that it is the rem- part of the removal of sins of the person. Obviously, uh, Lutherans articulate it slightly differently than Catholics in this regard then. Um, covenantal baptism, which is heavily reformed in its adherence to. Um, salvation occasion, which is, you know, as the moment of your salvation, that's when you get, when you get baptized, which uh, Josh actually pointed out that it's uh, Mennonites that would, that would believe that. As long as, and I think there's a couple non-denominationals that also do. And then believer's baptism, which would be gen- generic evangelical. Um, should we, should we all come out where, where we stand right at the very beginning? Let's do it. Josh, do you want to tell oh, us yeah. what you Start believe? at the bottom of the list. Let's yeah. go. Oh, come yeah. on. Um, covenantal baptism. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a reformed boy. He's a reformed yeah. dude. The deformed boy. It's yeah. okay. Big surprise. So we didn't actually explain what they were at all. We just said the names for them. Mm-hmm. So well, what we're saying is going to be meaningless until yeah. we get into the rest of the Do you want episode, me to read out the yes. covenantal baptism and then sure. when somebody gets to a new one, they yeah. can read it out? Okay. Uh, baptism, covenantal baptism. Baptism is a sign and seal of the new covenant. Uh, baptism is the common doc- covenantal baptism is the common doctrine of the Reformed and Presbyterian churches. Just as God set up the covenant of circumcision with Abraham to be a sign and seal of God's people during the Old Testament age, so uh, has so God has set up the covenant of baptism with the church to be a sign and seal of God's people during the church age. The verse cited for that would be Colossians two eleven to twelve. Uh, this gives way to the proliferation of infant baptism, not as a salvific act, but as a sign of being in a Christian home and a seal of eventual saving faith. Nice. The sign of the covenant, right? Yep. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. So, I'm technically believer's baptism. Um, hey, so am I. Oh, yeah. The three of us. Colton, yourself, Oh, really? And me. You would be as well? Yep. Okay. Well, he's, we'll he's, see where he's, he's, he's a little Baptist dude over here. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm believer's baptism with heavy sympathetic ties to covenantal. But Colton, seeing how you're, mm-hmm. I think, the most adamant association with believer's baptism, I'll let you mm-hmm. read that one. Okay? If, if Josh, if uh, Joel's okay with that? Yeah, no, I'm fine with All that. All right, wait a minute. Go for it. I'm Ray. Uh, believer's baptism, uh, this believes that baptism is an outward symbol of personal faith in Christ. It would be the common doctrine of most Baptist churches and other similar leanings, baptismal, evangelical grouping normally. Um, Pentecostals, I think, also generally align with Almost exclusively. Yeah. And as well, like you said, general evangelicals. Um, Baptism is neither sacramental nor covenantal in this idea, but is purely symbolic. Hmm. Baptism is done out of obedience to Christ, uh, as uh, shown by Matthew... 28, 19 to 20, is done of obedience to Christ, identification with Christ, and symbolic of our repentance and faith in him. It is believed that baptism is only offered to those who have personally come to Christ by faith, repented of unbelief, and received Christ as seen in the pattern of Pentecost in Acts 2. Therefore, someone must be first saved and then baptized as a symbol of that salvation. 
Baptism must be by immersion only, keeping with the symbolism of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, as well as the examples given in the New Testament seem to indicate full immersion. Acts 8 and Matthew 3. In this one, yeah, again, that symbol, that symbolic nature alone. There's no covenantal leanings, generally. Like, it's not a sign of the covenant. People might say that, but they don't actually... <laughs> they don't no know weight. what they're talking about. Yeah, there's no weight in it. Like, they'll say, like, oh, with the new covenant comes baptism. It's like, yeah, that's true, but it's not a sign of the covenant, necessarily. It okay. also has no saving power in and of itself. Okay. When, when you were baptized, which, mm-hmm. in, in at least the circles I was in, they explained to you what baptism was before you were baptized. Did they explain it to you in a believer's baptism sense? Yes. Or was it covenantal and then you thought it was... You know, you kind of had your own interpretation of it, or, or what? What happened there? So I'll give more of my actual mm-hmm. views on this idea. Yeah. So I was raised generally between Alliance and Baptist. Yeah. Um, but I was actually uh, baptized by Pentecostals. Really? Um, yes. I was baptized in the Alliance Church. Really? Wait, no. <laughs> okay. No, it wasn't Alliance. Never mind. It's been it's Pentecostal. Really? I, was, I was dedicated. I was dedicated in the Alliance Church, which is a whole other thing we can talk about later. That's interesting. Yeah, but uh, so like you said, yes, they did talk about it, and it was this. This is a sign of the of um, of Christ's death and resurrection, and you're bringing it into that community. That generally what they talked about. Um, there wasn't really anything to do with covenant when I got baptized. I don't think, but personally, uh, I did start with this believer's baptism kind of idea because you know that's what i was told that's what i was raised as and as i kind of went on caleb I'm, I, I think i actually kind of aligned similarly to yours i do believe very strongly in believer's baptism but covenant there are some, some covenantal interesting stuff in this idea as well although i don't think it it's necessarily a sign of the covenant uh josh sorry that's fine we'll get into your response I, but, yeah i'm actually gonna say i, I don't really think covenantal baptism is really, really it. You guys might have to try and convince me of it. I don't know, but... Um, we'll leave it up to Josh. Yeah, he's, he's it, just, Josh. it seems like it's more symbolic of Christ's death and resurrection oh, than it you, is... You uh, guys are putting a lot of hype into thinking that I can defend this super well. <laughs> You're the one who I believes mean, it. I don't expect to fight over this the, as much as the churches have. But. The connection that hopefully I, Josh will make, and I think, I think he probably will, is the ties to um, circumcision. There's yes, a yeah. heavy ties, and if those things are, if it's tied as exclusively as covenantal a Baptist, baptism portrays, then it makes a lot of sense. I'll read uh, the salvation occasion baptism, and then Joel, if you want to, if you want to take on the baptismal regeneration. Um, so, salvation occasion baptism is uh, it's a baptism as a culminating act of salvation. It's I, I found that it's more as Josh mentioned. Uh, he mentioned Mennonites, but I've seen it more in like non-dom right. stuff. God enters into a covenant relationship with the individual upon belief, actually, mm. and in turn, that individual knowing and willingly accepts God's offer as restored fellowship. Baptism is not merely a symbol of faith, though they do believe that it is um, relatively a symbol, um, but it is an act of faith that saves the soul. Salvation is baptism, and baptism baptism is salvation this would be why when asking many christians if they have ever been saved they will reply oh yes i have been baptized on such and such a date there is no distinction between salvation receiving christ as savior and baptism um, for they have been taught that they are one in the same therefore many of these churches 
people are asked to come forward and be baptized uh, and very little emphasis is given on repentance or receiving Christ by faith through prayer or repentance. Rather, it's receiving Christ via baptism. You saw that some in, uh, in like those, uh, those tent crusades, especially in the yeah. States. You saw that, okay. that as well. Does this um, one align with a, with a denomination? Church um, of Christ and... Yeah, it's, it's not as common. So, is this the the position that F.F. Bruce takes? No. Only for early Christians. Yeah, he points out, and this might be the early Christian idea, Mm -hmm. but um, it's worth pointing out that the majority of converts in early Christianity were Jewish, or at least Jewish-sympathizing Greeks. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so they already understood a lot of, well, they already understood doctrines around monotheism. They already had an understanding around, like, Jewish ethics stuff. And so there wasn't a massive gulf between their switch. And so there wasn't, like, one of the main reasons why there was an ex- why there was a, a baptismal, like, almost teaching section was because the converts became less and less aware r- right upon their moment of conversion. Right. Whereas a Jew that would be that would be converted to Christ is like, okay, well, well actually, like the Ethiopian eunuch, was, what's stopping me from being baptized right now? I believe. I'm, I'm, why not? Why can't I do the thing? Um, whereas... Say in 300, that might be, oh, you can't do the thing because you have no idea what you're signing up for. Right. Uh, you know Jesus, but you don't understand who he is and how that plays in or the ethics systems that are tied or anything. The context is completely different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the argument that I heard. But F.F. F. Bruce's comment that um, an unbaptized Christian is unheard of. Yeah. The, um, the idea of an unbaptized Christian is simply not entertained in the New Testament. In the New Testament. His quote. Which is fair. F.F. F. Bruce is an Old New Testament old. and Old Testament scholar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did the quite a few of the Tyndale commentaries and stuff. Yeah, I think he was yeah. the general editor. Interesting. Yeah, baptismal regeneration, which is uh, the kind of more the Roman Catholic tradition, uh, as well as like the Lutheran Church, and there are slight differences between the two, but obviously there would be one is Protestant, one is Catholic. <laughs> um, <laughs> who wrote this? <laughs> uh, well, the Lutheran believes that the act of baptism is ineffectual unless the person already has faith the Catholic Church teaches that baptism confers grace and is right. sufficient in itself to save the soul. So it's like the action itself is that which saves. Robert Kolb, ordained Lutheran minister and professor at Concordia College, very clearly outlines the Lutheran Lutheran view. Baptism saves. Is that it? Oh, no. Uh, the Apostle Peter was direct and simple um, that baptism gives salvation, that is, a new life in Christ. Therefore, this is a need in the churches for infant baptism to wash away original sin and regenerate the soul for the entrance into the kingdom of heaven. So they kind of break that down. Salvation and baptism are just one and the same, and they have to happen at the same moment because it regenerates you? No, otherwise that would be salvation, salvation occasion. Wait, are they making the case that baptism takes away original sin? Yes. Yeah, that's directly yeah. what it says. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, with, I'm that one. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. That's <laughs> uh, the moral influence theory of baptism. <laughs> no, it's... Um, uh, it's the, as far as I can tell, with my limited research into the Lutheran view, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Luther- What's that? I was just going to say, we never talk about those guys. They're doing something. We don't know. <laughs> um, the Lutherans, like the Catholics, hold that, yes, communion, uh, not communion, that uh, baptism is an essential part in, let's say, the, the person's pre- preparation into the kingdom of God. Mm. It actually is part of the washing away of sins. It's mm-hmm. just for, in the Lutherans, which... Baptism is necessary, just like it is in the Catholics. But in the Lutherans, it's it doesn't work unless you have faith. Whereas in the mm-hmm. Catholics, it's the faith of the church. 
that allows it to work. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's also... Or, or the faith yeah. of the presbyter. I guess it'd be priest. Yeah, there's also a... Yeah. I've been so long, so I might just be wrong completely, but there's also a baptism through, like, to the parents of unborn children or, like, stillborn children. Um, yeah, because it's necessary to be faith saved. of the parents. Baptism by desire. That's what it's called. Um, and that, in turn, also ensures that they're baptized. Right. And not, not meaning to offend. Um, I just It's a genuine question. Would the Catholic distinction, the Roman Catholic distinction of idea that baptism brings salvation to an extent, forced baptism, is that then justified by the Catholic Church? I have no idea. I've never thought about it. I mean, yeah, that would work. I'm, I'm sure it's there's the like... the faith of the Church. Yeah. I'm sure there's Holy some moly. other reason like, oh, well, it's not justified because of this other reason, but within this doctrine alone, it's like, oh, well, if you're forcefully baptized, you're still part of the Church. Kind That's of thing. interesting. Here's the thing, though. If that is the case, let's just start... Hold on. <laughs> wait, wait. We're all, yeah. all Protestant here. <laughs> Not anymore. No, but I'm just saying, you know. This, does that mean if there was one priest on the Titanic, everyone went to heaven? <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, no, but here's the thing, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, man. Yeah. yeah. So what I've noticed is that everybody shows up for a baptism service. Nobody hates a good baptism service. Dude, I cry. Right? It's like going to an NBA game. You're just there for the dunking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, I cry during baptismal services. I'm physically cringing. <laughs> so uh, Joel and I, last summer? Yeah, last summer, yeah. we went to a very, very... Not progressive. They're the moral influence theory of churches. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, I understand. It was wow. a very interesting church. Um, production value? Through the roof. Theology? Somewhere. Not there. Um, <laughs> well, they had one. It was just... They, they must have been keeping their theologians in the basement. They, they had a great baptismal service in the before the sermon. Yeah. But they had they exclusive The whole time, they didn't explain what baptism was, but they exclusively called it dunking. The whole time. But here's the thing. Because it is the person, however it's articulated, like associating with Christ's death and resurrection, it's entry into the covenantal family, it's, you know, the washing away of sins and all that. I, I still cried because it was really emotional and I loved every moment of it. Yeah. Mm, and I, I still got mad about the dunking also, thing. Were you there for the one time that I did a sermon? No, I've never heard you preach. That right? was Colton and I. Colton and I, yeah. You guys yeah. were present at a child baptism and adult baptism. And you were baptized in an infant. I was. Yeah. So here, okay. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna worm <laughs> our way cool, in, dude. We're gonna worm our way into the next phase, which is what are some of the points of divide in baptism? Why should we fight? <laughs> not <laughs> quite. Not not quite. I had a friend who was allergic to water. Yeah. Can't be saved according to the Lutherans. Spicy baptism. Or no, no, he just he gets saved. He just like he got rashes. Well, no, no, to to to, to live is gain, to die is Christ. So you know. He gets baptized and then, yeah. You said it. I think it's me. To live his gain and to die. Wow! Wow! Sorry, we are second right today. Yeah. Anyway, infant baptism is one of the things that is historically divided Christians. Still does. Yeah. So divides whole denominations. Do we want to right off the bat then distinct between infant baptism and infant dedication? Well, I'm gonna ask. Josh, whose church actually does infant baptism, how would you, if someone walked in yeah. and was like, what are you doing and why? 
Yeah. And there's a baby that's half being baptized and you're like, what, yeah. what is this? How would you answer that question? How would I describe it? The baptism of a child um, is because if coming from a believing parent, yeah. um, they are a part of the family of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and the baptism being the sign and the seal of the covenant made in the family mm-hmm. um, is carried on through the generations posterity. Um, and so it is a sign of the grace inferred, conferred upon them of the promised faith given to them. Okay. Okay. It makes sense. Now what you described a little, you added the covenantal stuff on there does sound a lot like what say Pentecostals or whatever else would describe as dedication. Caleb or Joel, is that what dedication is? One time there was this lady in our church who got saved. She had three kids and I think the oldest was like 15 or something. And she really wanted to like, dedicate her kids but the one guy was 15 years old um so he said you should probably just get baptized yeah and he didn't want to so his mom made him get dedicated instead oh. <laughs> and they went up in front of the church mm. and the pastor took it a water gun and sprayed him <laughs> so first baptism. <laughs> baptism it was awesome yeah, that's really that. funny the thing. That's, it that's wasn't a, a joke nobody laughed it was completely serious yeah. but i was dying yeah. so funny um, it's like when the Pope used the squirt gun to baptize babies yeah. in COVID. Oh, that was good. So yeah. funny. That's crazy. Meme yeah. format. Um, as, as a child of believing parents, you yeah. are a part of the covenant family of God. Are you? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, how do you respond to people who are like, that doesn't happen in the New Testament? Um, there are countless passages where the whole household is baptized. There's three passages. Yes. <laughs> you're right they're not countless um yes there are three passages you got them i not actually in front of me but in these many pages hang on yes i do actually he's just holding a bible guys i don't know what he's doing um you have cornelius and his household philip the jailer Mm -hmm. and crispus crispus yeah his household yeah those are the three yeah um and it's run in parallel with the idea that when abraham or any of the patriarchs or places in the old testament where the leader of a household is circumcised. Mm-hmm. The whole household is mentioned as getting okay. circumcised as well. How and right. yep? Can you make the connection for us? And I'll, I'll try to help if I can. The Absolutely. connection between circumcision and baptism. Yes. And why why um, the Reformed tradition and the Presbyterian and those in the covenant baptism yes. mindset make that connection? Yeah. So in Colossians uh, two, chapter two. Uh, mm-hmm. specifically verses 11 and 12, but I'm going to read a little bit ahead of it before that, is the passage of alive in Christ um, as being a part, like you as the believer are found alive in Christ. Uh, Where are you starting from? Uh, verse 9. Okay. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you have been raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it on the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them in open shame by tri- triumphing over them in him. Amen. See, I don't know if that works out. 
feel like dedication is just is maintaining mm-hmm. that the faith will be passed on to the child, but not that it currently is. And that the church is pledging to raise them so that they will become part of the, the body, right? Yeah, that's that's the idea behind yeah. dedication, but also reserving the right of because I don't I don't think anyone here agrees that you can be baptized twice. No. Or that you need no. to be baptized twice. Even if you were no. baptized as a child. It's not well here's the well, thing. We're you can't go there. to someone and say, as soon as you give like your life to Christ, you have to be baptized as a child. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. That's once why we also do, once as an adult. That's why on. we also do adult baptiz- uh adult baptism. No double dipping. No, no, no. Not of the same person. So if you were an unbeliever and you came I to proxy? our church. If you were an unbeliever and came to our church, um, and you wanted to become a Christian, you would be baptized when you do your profession of faith. Okay. So when you do your profession of faith, you would profess to the church that you believe, and then you would be baptized. Okay. So there's not that clear of a of a road in any church I've been a part of. Mm-hmm. It's always been, oh, we're having a baptismal service this year at some time. That's, yeah, that's because we were Pentecostals. We did it in the ocean one time. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Someone actually yeah. got snipped by a crab. The pastor. It was very oh, funny. Nice. That is very yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so as as a child of a believing family. You are at some point into your first few months, whenever mm-hmm. is the person the baby is baptized. I do have some facts here. Child baptism, or in this document, pedo baptism, pedo child baptism, baptism. Pedo baptism is not exclusively uh, mentioned at all in church doctrine until Tertullian in two hundred, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, who's like, this is bad. Don't do it. <laughs> Just saying. We like everything Tertullian said. Uh, but the Trinity, yes. yeah. Um, but uh, but everything? Don't, no. no. Um, yeah. To be fair, we don't like everything that Origen says either. You're right. But he's f- all for pedo-baptism. So don't no. give me weird faces. In my reading of the New Testament, the household baptisms are, I think, in that culture, when a patriarch of a household does convert to a different faith, it follows that all of his children and his children's children and his slaves and his slaves' children also convert. And Christianity kind of actually played both sides during the first yeah. three centuries of that mm. whole thing. It's like, oh, if the patriarch changes, then we'll everybody's a Christian. But don't worry, if you're not the patriarch, you can yeah, also you can just also, yeah. yeah. If you're a slave, become a Christian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Christianity played both sides of that uh, yeah. <laughs> that cultural thing. And I don't I don't understand when let's say believers, Baptist uh, scholars, and just people argue that babies weren't baptized in those passages. At least for me, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think that that, that is what happened. I had this argument today about this. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's the fault of children aren't men- mentioned explicitly. They aren't said to have actually been baptized in these passages, just the family, but the family doesn't specify necessarily. It would. It would, <laughs> but... If you cared yeah. about cultural context... <laughs> but hey, it, guys, it guys, is a common argument. Let's calm down on the maligning of people's no. beliefs, okay? It, it is I'm like, getting to you next. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, that is a fairly yeah. common argument. I know you're coming to me next. That's why I'm trying to start the pattern of grace. Because <laughs> that's what this is about. Baptism is about conferring grace on a believer. Mm-hmm. Forcibly, sometimes. What? That's very, um, let's say... Reformed uh, of me? Baptismal regeneration view of you. <laughs> you're right. But um, believer's baptism, mm-hmm. which Golden, Joel, myself, kind of fall into, is that it's symbolic. Mm-hmm. It's a symbolic association with Christ's death and resurrection, and it requires the person's personal faith. Right? Have I articulated that? Your yes. Yeah. Okay. How much of a symbol? 
do you guys think? A very, very sacred one. My my qualifier for uh, believer's baptism is that it's not just symbol so you can wave it away. It's symbol because it is, and it's the height of symbols as well as communion. But Wouldn't that make it a sacrament? No, because sacraments... Dispenses grace. Yeah. Mm. But um, not in your view. So the, so your yeah. definition of sacrament, I'm all for. Catholics kind of got the cornerstone on it. Because of the world it's we fine. live in, this... Uh, I don't want to just say postmodernist because, you know, buzz, buzzwords and all that, but it is a postmodern idea, too, that nothing is truly sacred, that kind of idea. Mm. Um, along with that is, well, the ordinances, the sacraments, if you want to call them that. Uh, Baptists call them ordinances, so I've, I've always called them ordinances. I don't know if... They're the exact same. People say yeah. they're different, but they're the exact yeah. same. Um, yeah. <laughs> People the say they're different, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> the ordinances of uh, communion and uh, baptism are, at least in this framework, symbolic, but very, very holy symbols. So important, very important, but, and ones that can't be ignored, but they don't actually have any power in themselves. Question then for you. Okay. If it's a symbol of the person's faith in Christ, mm -hmm. which associates them with the death and life of, and r resurrection of Christ, why not salvation occasion, which is right at the moment of salvation? Uh, because it doesn't actually infer salvation, does it? Like, salvation isn't dispensed to you once you get baptized, is it? You can be saved without being baptized. I mean, that is a thing in our belief, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, yeah, that's why I put it as a question. Mm -hmm. Like, can someone be saved and not be baptized? I don't want to default to the, um, the man who was with Christ on the cross. Oh, I think it's a pretty proof case. But it is, it's a, yeah, it is a bit of an exceptional case, I it? think. Well, I think that it, means that other, it means that other exceptions would exist Could as well. Could be in that same boat. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. But if you, if you had a person who believed, didn't really want to get baptized. Why? That would be your answer? Yeah, why don't they want to get baptized? Is it because they, they're afraid of retribution from the government? Because I would even still say, too bad. That's kind of the, <laughs> <laughs> the point too of bad. baptism. Whoa. The point of baptism is a public declar declaration that you are part of the body of Christ as your first uh, alliance. If they persecuted Christ, they'll persecute you. Like, yeah. I agree well, with you, but... Roman, yeah. Roman times. Sorry, you, you get baptized, you're going to get persecuted. Actually, one of the... There's a doctrine in early Christianity called the baptism of blood. And it refers to Jeez those people. Yeah, it's pretty metal. <laughs> no, it's uh, it refers to Christians who professed faith but were caught before mm -hmm. the baptism because they had a long section of like, let's say, uh, introduction, like uh, yeah. introduction to the religion or whatever. Okay. Right, so like they had a long like educational phase and like a vetting process. Mm -hmm. Upwards to even three years in some places in the Roman Empire. Mm. And so if you're caught before being baptized, and the early church, especially in certain areas, did think you have to be baptized to actually yeah. be saved, there's the concept of, oh, if you're martyred before you right. actually I've go under this. baptism, you are baptism via blood. <laughs> you died for the sake of Christ, which is a baptism in and of itself. Yeah, which is wild. Yeah. Pretty metal. Which, I mean, if you articulate... Arguably. Well, yeah, because, like, if you... <laughs> You are with their logic. If if baptism, according to the Colossians passage, is you being buried and raised with Christ, you you got buried with Christ. And you're gonna be raised. <laughs> well, we'll have to get yeah. into the whole baptism with water thing at some point. Yeah. But I do. Do we want to just move on to whether or not it's full submission, sprinkling, or pouring? Because that's another thing people disagree about. 
Unless mm-hmm. Joel, do you have something to add? Colton, you got something to add on that? I I don't think there's a ton of. Is there any verses that would suggest sprinkling? No. Okay. Well, yeah, that seems um, before well, baptismo can, but in the context yeah. of all the verses that are in the New Testament, it doesn't. Before we get into that, I think the final. I don't want to say final nail on that previous one because it's an argument that's existed for literally thousands of years. Um, baby baptism, non-baby baptism. If it's believer's baptism, it's when you are inculcated into the body of Christ. If it's covenantal or if it's uh, the first one, what's the name of the first one? Uh, baptismal yep. regeneration. Regenerate, <clears throat> regenerative. You have to be baptized to be saved. Therefore, baby baptism. Well, you don't have to be baptized to be saved in covenantal necessarily. Do um, you? No. No, not necessarily. Well, because but... there's the there's the obvious guy next to Jesus on the cross. Right. So it's like exactly. the special yeah. cases. Yeah. You should is... be baptized to be saved, or you need to be baptized to be saved. Because it is your it is the grace of God through faith yeah. that saves you. Yes. The right. baptism is, is the seal of the covenant made with God upon the In the covenantal yes. Yeah. Um but with all of these, if you're a Christian you ought to get baptized. It's ordered by Christ in yeah. the Great Commission. Yep. Baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit. It's it put in with making disciples, baptizing them. So, you know, it's kind of important to the whole discipleship part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should I uh, read out the passage? Of the Great Commission? Yeah. Uh, sure, I guess. Oh. Oh, I was just going to say, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Which obviously Trinitarian stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It also is, especially in the early church. Actually, in the next one, we might get into. Actually, let's just go right into um, pouring or sprinkling. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go a little bit of a history lesson if we can. Um, baptizing, especially in the Old Testament, was related to cleanliness, yes. removal of un, un, like unclean stuff. Uh, you see. Um, there's an initiate like in Qumran, which now we're getting into like second century BC and around Christ time. They also ha- they also had heavy baptismal stuff. Even in Egypt, there was some baptismal stuff as well. Um, but it all is associated with cleanliness, normally, right? Um, in its yep. religious sense as well, like moral cleanliness. Yep. Um, <clears throat> in the New Testament, specifically with John the Baptist, it doesn't seem to have that same vibe. It definitely borrows that. Parable yeah, to that. Loaned off of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like with most of those, it's expecting that you will redo them. Yes. That it's like, yeah, you're going to be dirty again, morally speaking, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you will have to redo this process again. Um, John the Baptist baptism is uh, repent. So still that moral cleanliness vibe and prepare, like the kingdom's coming. Once you get baptized, you're in the position to be go into the kingdom or to help the kingdom and obviously that's a that's more of a one and done type thing and so is christ's baptism yeah um in the early church um they would baptize people actually technically three times they would go once in the once in the name of the father dunk son dunk spirit dunk that's something we don't do anymore in uh baptist and pentecostal circles Mm -hmm. but sometimes in uh covenantal yeah, there's a depending on the pastor, it's it changes stuff like that. But it's a uh, they'll they'll do the sprinkle, they'll do the full immersion, or they'll do the the pouring of the water on the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 
sometimes they'll just say, you know, they'll do it once and then say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But a lot of the times, and a lot of pastors I've seen, they'll do, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All three times pouring or three times sprinkling or three times immersion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> from, from my reading on early church stuff on this, at least, the reason why sprinkling and pouring got brought in, it initially was immersion only. Yep. That's it. Um, and I think you see that reflected in the New Testament. Does anybody have a gripe about that? No. There, I mean, as far as I'm aware, there's no mention of anything but full immersion, right? That's what I'm yeah. Um, was it, is it Grudem that makes the case that uh, when Philip and the eunuch would have been there, there's, he almost certainly would have had enough water to at least sprinkle. Like, so it's not yeah. like it wasn't an option to sprinkle. It's, yeah. It wasn't an option to, to dunk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't holy water. Yeah. We'll get into it not later, but the... Uh, like you mentioned the word in context, the word baptismo is going to refer to dunk, um, but it can mean sprinkle. It can and mean I think sprinkle. that that's, it should not be ignored. Yeah. Well, yeah. what happens in the early church is it exclusively means full immersion. Yeah. And then there's, I think if it's specifically in North Africa, if my memory is right, there was one of the bishops that was like, hey, some places don't have that much water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? It's, it's the function before the form. Right, right, um, and so if sp- and then he allowed pouring, not sprinkling, and so it both pouring and sprinkling later on came in as a as a practical answer to that problem because some places just straight yeah. up didn't have that much water. You'd have like a brook, but they're gonna have to board it, like actually well, so if, set a pool if, up, and well, even if you did have that much water, people are gonna be using it, mm-hmm. dunking a whole mm-hmm. dirty body in that water for some places. A lot of places they have places that much water. Is gonna, water be an issue yeah. a lot of places did have that much water but some yeah. didn't and so it slowly kind of again it was the function over the form yeah and that's how sprinkling and pouring kind of came into the church yeah just a just a question then if the new testament means full immersion in its let's say original authorial intent you how do you guys feel about feel about sprinkling sprinkling or pouring as a form of baptism obviously josh is okay with it I think that I would fall towards the the function over form. Um, but I think if it's possible, it should always be submersion. But then you also have to figure out at what point does it become. Like, does it just mean that you don't have a tank in your church? Does it mean like... You're just lazy? Yeah. Are you just not <laughs> wanting to go expedient? outside? Yeah. I'm not sure. I wouldn't have a problem with sprinkling. But I think submersion is the way to go. Okay. Interesting. I might be in the outlier here then. Okay. Uh, I'm of the, uh, it. rat pretty much has to be dunking unless it's like an exceptional case. Mm-hmm. Then what about the sprinkling of like, again, Josh? <laughs> sprinkling Spr- of Josh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still baptism because you were baptized in that way. I just don't think it's how we should do it in church. Okay. But it's still legitimate it, yeah. way. Yeah. I don't really. Yeah. I, my window it doesn't of what's legitimate. Nullify. No, my my window of what's legitimate to, because you were also baptized as a child, right? Mm-hmm. I still think that's legitimate. But yep. How about baptism for babies like the Orthodox, where it's just the whole baby the whole, under the water? They were dunked, so uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I I do think that, like what Joel said, kind of, it's like, are you just doing it because you know that you don't want to, or is it like mm-hmm. you can't have a tank, whatever? I yeah. think that if you have the opportunity. Uh, even if you have to say delay the baptism for like a few days or whatever, mm-hmm. um, so that you can be by a body of water, you should you should be dunked. I don't think that, especially in 
especially in the West, where there's practically nowhere that doesn't have something like that. You have a pool. You have a pool. You have a bathtub. You can make a bathtub work. Exactly. Are witnesses essential? Yes, absolutely. Well, then why is it just Philip and the eunuch? It'd be the entire entourage. entourage. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but that's not explicit. No, it's not. That's true. (laughs) That's true. But, yeah, again... Um, Actually, for, for, for this, like the whole pouring, sprinkling, or full immersion, and the witness thing, yeah. I think it is preferably full immersion with witnesses. Mm-hmm. But if you can't make those things happen, mm-hmm. then, okay, Actually, witnesses aren't 100% necessary if that can't happen. Yeah. If you don't have a full body of water, sprinkling, it's just it can, that's fine. I think it's hard-pressed to find an opportunity where you couldn't have witnesses, mm-hmm. um, whether in the church or outside of the church. There's eight billion people on this planet. Yeah, sh- yeah. sure, but I, <laughs> sure, but I, 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 I'm agree. not. I'm not going to go out there and say yeah. that it's illegitimate if you don't. Sure. Yeah. Also, those witnesses don't have to be Christian. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um. In fact, it might make it more interesting. That mm-hmm. way. But uh, I, th- if you have to delay baptism by say a few days, a month, three whatever, years, I have a question. <laughs> Sure, three years because you can't have it in a, uh, like you can't have it in a certain way. Maybe you should delay it. I have a question. Yes. Normally, when at something like this, witnesses um, are there when a covenant is initiated, specified as part of a covenant mm-hmm. formulation. Yes. Not always though. It's not explicitly with covenants. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's also not just covenants that need witnesses. It, no, 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 but it's, no, I know, okay. but it's specific throughout scripture. Witnesses are present as part of a covenant. Can you give me some examples? Because the, the ones I'm thinking of, okay, marriage. Because I'm thinking of Abraham and the burning cauldron and yeah. David and Lord, which I think is just, he's in his um, bedchamber, isn't he? In Deuteronomy, there are witnesses. Sure. The, uh, the, the Mount of Sinai. The stone. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool. I mean, all of the, the, the covenant format has witnesses. Okay. But um, the, the, the two that I'm thinking of, do they don't have witnesses, right? Uh, in the Abraham one? Yeah. Uh, the stars and the... Oh, that's right. They're listed as yes. witnesses. Yes. That's true. So it's the like stars because it's, and the rocks Because it's the Jesus that goes through, it's like cosmos itself yeah. is going to... Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Cool. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Does Jesus walk through? Yes. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Short answer. <laughs> um, oh, it just For me, it just lends credence to the covenant mental interesting i don't agree i don't think the majority of references to baptism in the new testament don't have covenantal references that's my thing yeah because I, I if i can here's my short answer if i can try to <laughs> give one for the whole episode <laughs> um there's three main themes that are presented in the majority in the vast majority of the verses that have baptisms uh, baptism references mm-hmm. there is uh, association with christ's Death and resurrection, yeah, in some symbolic form. Which, yep. Um, and then you have the second, which is there is a, a let's say a cleanliness washing away of sin. Yes, which is obviously tied to the first. Yeah, but, but it's slightly different and more explicit. And then in the third, you have covenantal type connections. And all churches, the, the, as far as I can tell, the main disagreements on stuff are in how they prioritize one of those three things. Well, and in many passages, there is also the. Baptism is also part of the uh, initiation into the body of Christ. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you can make a similar argument for what you're saying for salvation occasion. 
rather than it being covenantal, it would be legal. That you are, they are witnesses to the legal signing of you entering into the, the well, into salvation with Christ, that kind mm. of thing. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like it too. That's I just don't think cool. it's what it is. Legal baptism. Is Which that... you could argue is also a sort of covenantal but is, thing. But is baptism talked about in legal language? No, but salvation is. No, but in, I mean, in, in some passages in the New Testament, I don't know if that's generic. Initiates justification. Salvation. salvation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some some passages. Yeah. But I don't know if that's... Yeah. I don't know if all. that's the thing. Sure. But we're also not talking about salvation as a total. We're talking about baptism. And no, but if... Uh, that's what I was saying for salvation occasion. It's this idea that once, you are, you are, once you're baptized, you are saved. Mm -hmm. The legal definition idea would lean more towards that, which you can make a similar argument for what you're making. So, yes, Except if, if it's, it's covenantal, it lines with you, but if it's legal, then it lines with this, doesn't it? It, yes, but the Colossus passage, is, passage does tie it into a covenant format with circumcision. That's true. Yep. I, I agree. When Gurnham just says that it's analogous, it's not actually binding. I, was, I don't know yeah, if I, I necessarily. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily think that way. Here's my counter to the whole covenantal thing. Yep. Um, that works very, very well for a let's say family-oriented patriarchal system. Uh, like of society sure um in our climate that is not how humans enter covenants okay uh in our culture right um each person is as actually in the legal sense is um responsible for their the covenants that they themselves enter into yes um and so that is why although i may sympathize with covenantal stuff especially and i do um, i'm not sure if it is the best mode to actually that is comparable with our culture today. Okay. If that makes sense. That's, that's a fair point, actually. Mm -hmm. When somebody would baptize themselves for their whole family or have their whole family baptized, mm -hmm. some people m may find it hard to believe that there's an actual willingness on all parts of the individuals because individual agency has never been attributed to the whole family before. Especially when in, back in that time, if your father signed a, did a covenant... You're part of that covenant to fulfill that covenant. Absolutely. Where that's mm -hmm. not the case I th mm -hmm. in Christianity, uh, especially today. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure if that exclusively carries over or whether we should understand the terms of the gospel and like the meaning of what's going on and see how that applies to our culture rather than trying to bring a culture that functioned when text. it was originally worth it into our day and age. I'm, I'm not, not sure. I'm just saying it's a complicated thing, and I lean more one way. Yeah, that, that's all I'm saying. That's fair. Um, so do you think yeah. salvation by occasion is an attempt to be the early church? Right? Yeah. Okay, well, you get Most a lot of cults who claim to be the early church. Yeah. <laughs> did we just... Uh, did you just eliminate salvation occasion with one line? <laughs> and not, I mean, not, not, not just my mind. So. Probably no one else's mind. <laughs> not the early church. The New Testament church as it's written in the Bible. Not the New Testament church in history. Yeah. Not the early church according to history. Mm -hmm. But as it's recorded in the New Testament. Yeah. What about the households? They were baptized at the moment of yeah, belief. Yeah. yeah. What about the babies? Yeah, 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 that's not what he's discussing. Oh, okay. But if it's in the New Testament, yeah. then what about the baptism of the children that don't are not cognizant of their belief? Yeah. I think that's how that culture functioned at that time. That's my whole thing. Yeah, but if he yeah. said that, if you're saying that that's how the early church functioned, like the New Testament functioned, mm -hmm. then the salvation occasion, or does the is the belief required? In 
in the salvation occasion. Um, is it required? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's required. It's the regeneration one. That so it wouldn't required. be reflective of the New Testament because there are children that do not know they. I, yeah. I suppose, but that is yeah. the claim of that is yeah. the claim that yeah. salvation occasion makes. Yeah, the claim makes sense, but yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I agree with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Or to be crucified okay. here, everybody. <laughs> no, no. I was just, I was just wondering. You're good. You're good. I yeah. Put you on the grill for enough of this episode. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. No, no more. It's okay. You guys more. are just, you know, just wrong, Josh. It's okay. That's not true. But um, uh, <laughs> so we've gone through infant baptism, full submersion. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we do baptism necessary for salvation? Kind of. We touched on it did in the we beginning. Do it is with it water? Uh, well, I, we touched on it with when I was asking Colton there a bit. Is it like absolutely necessary? Do you need 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 to be baptized in order to be part of the family of God? And mm-hmm. Colton was like, "Well, not to just default to the thief on the cross, but the thief on the cross." Yeah. Yep. Um, and then we got into baptized by blood mm-hmm. stuff, which and that. Um, I think Josh mentioned a little bit about there, but yeah, it's it's like it's basically it's not necessary. There's even an exception right in the Bible. But if you don't want to be baptized, there's something wrong. Yes, because it is ordained by Christ. Could you yeah. say it's analogous to those who want to live with their spouse but not get married? Yes, is that, sure. Is that, is that on par yeah. with it? A claim to love without any yeah. showing of commitment. You don't. That's actually... just that's just what I'm thinking about when we yeah. talk about this because it does seem to have. If it's analogous to circumcision, then it's analogous to marriage as well. Um, it requires some of the um, same things from you, which is a Paul, witness from a community. Paul uses baptism okay. tons of times to reference, um, to be the baseline for his like, hey, stop living in sin. You're not the old man, which died with Christ. You're the new man, which raised, which was raised with Christ. And that is what you did when you fell backwards into water or went forwards, which doesn't matter, and then came back up. Forwards or backwards? We haven't talked about that. I actually, I actually, upside down. Sorry, I have a thought. Um, real time, there is a case of where, when you make a covenant in the present day, where the family of the individual is brought into the covenant. Marriage. Even that one With is children? that kind of proof how it doesn't happen anymore. No, no, no. My my stepdad okay. is my dad legally. Oh. In the family, I am brought into a covenant with my mother. Mm-hmm. Into with a new father or legally. I, I don't know if you have the... Uh, hmm, interesting. You're right. I still think it's not a silver bullet, but fair enough. No, but I'm just saying. You, it's fa- a, you found an example? Yeah. Good job. Because there's there there's the... there's the. It also ties into the... You're adopted into the family of, yeah. family of God, blah, blah, blah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I still hold what I said previously. That yeah. is interesting. I'll have to think yeah. about this. Well, as long as it's in water, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No blood baptism. Right. <laughs> That's so metal. It's got to so be cool. ethically sourced. <laughs> well, no, no, as that... long as it's your own, there's no transfer of diseases. Wild. <laughs> um, that was the points of divide. What are some points of unity? What do, what do Christians agree the, on is the boring part. The first one is that Jesus, the obvious, <laughs> is that Jesus initiated and commanded it. Yeah. Matthew 28, 18 to 19. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. We're commanded to do so. Yes. Based on all the authority of, of heaven and earth. So wasn't John the Baptist baptizing people before Christ was? Yep. Yes. Well, then he, how did he initiate it? What do you mean? He didn't initiate Christ's baptism. 
It was no, the, I, I meant like what he what he had just said there was that Christ commanded it, yes, but yes. he also said he initiated it. Which yes, can you explain how that oh. works? Uh, because there is a transfer in the theology of what a baptism is mm. with John to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, later in the New Testament, that even he baptized you by water, but I'll baptize you by the Spirit. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Acts nineteen. Well, well there's right? also the there's the you were bapt you were done in you were baptized in the baptism of John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you still have to be baptized in the baptism of Jesus. Yeah, and the the whole the whole di- difference yeah. actually is that association with Christ's death and resurrection versus yeah. removing the the taint of sin and and repentance. That's what the two big things. Obviously, right. the one. Uh, the, the former encompasses the latter, but it means so much more. Yeah. And it was it was a part of Jesus, the the, the specific nature of John doing it as being the, mm-hmm. the prophet that calls, yeah. a voice yeah. calling in the wilderness, um, also has to initiate the pattern for Christ to be able to initiate, sorry, to emblemize the life of the believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like one of the reasons why baptism, mm-hmm. well, like Caleb kind of mentioned that it was becoming more of a practice Mm-hmm. around this time being like mm-hmm. being baptized in water kind of thing oh yeah it was been around for a long time but it became very popular in like 200 bc post x post uh, second temple yeah but you even see it in other cultures too some people okay. claim that it's like ah christians stole it from egypt and it's yeah, but the israel or the jews have been doing it for hundreds of years before that so i don't right yeah would it be fair to say that john is doing it in this like we now have this recontextualized idea of what uh, baptism is with Jesus, but there is this idea of you're dedicating yourself to the coming King who is mm-hmm. uh, who is about to come. So when Jesus actually comes, the baptism of the Spirit is kind of more emphasized, although we'll, the water is still there. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the difference or same thing of the baptism of the Spirit versus the baptism in water. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be thing, an, right? interesting, according to Colton. Maybe, um, whatever. <laughs> That's, That's going to be a podcast. fun episode. Yes, um, we're split on that one. Are we going to be baptism baptism in the spirit? That's going to be another episode. That's, That's a different episode. episode. That's, oh, a big That's, That's going to be fun. That's actually good because I didn't really want to talk about that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, none of us have prepared for that. Yeah, um, I'm always prepared. <laughs> okay, he's got a vocational baptism over here. Yeah, um, it's significant enough of a disagreement or yes position in the church that in church history and it requires its own conversation yes yeah yeah and it's a significant enough agreement between us yeah sure yeah which is exactly why we do this podcast and so. we'll need to be hyper specific about that as well that just was... because pentecostals are a little idiosyncratic when well, it comes and to just that. like this episode we're gonna have to be okay with the sometimes disagreements it's okay i love you still josh i know we lightly mentioned it in our... I still think you guys are saved. I just... That's <laughs> good. Yeah. We mentioned it lightly in either our, sal- our justification or our uh, sanctification episode as well. Mm-hmm. Lightly. Mm-hmm. Very lightly. Mm-hmm. We'll have our own episode. The, uh, the next aspect that there is a unison of is a link... A linking physical... It is a linking physical act between the believer and the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, symbolically or not. So I had someone say to me earlier this week... Yes. Um, that he, he just looked at me and said, do you think that the symbol is bigger than the reality or that the reality is bigger than the symbol? Is he trying to say that, um, is he asking you, is, is the symbol of baptism a bigger deal than the effects, like the, the life-saving death resurrection no, of I'm Jesus Christ? I'm pretty sure Christ I said it backwards. It? I think I said it backwards. Yeah. Is that is the reality bigger than the symbol? 
remember. I wrote it down. I should really read it right off. The reality yeah. of the transformation, the forgiveness mm-hmm. of sins, Larger partaking than the in the body. And I think the immediate answer, simple answer, is yes. But is a symbol bigger than the reality? Yeah. So I said it right the first time. Is the symbol bigger than the reality? Yeah. What do you think? Like, is baptism bigger than its effect? Is the action... Okay, can, can, can I try? Yeah, can I try? Let's, let's see if we can okay. figure it out. Does the physical act of being baptized have just as much to do with its symbolic gesture in its effect? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> Again, no. this was posed to me, and I, I don't understand it. My answer is no. Uh, I'm function over form. Yeah. If you're bedridden and you want to be baptized, sprinkle, man. Okay. Or bucket dumping. That's that's okay. I, don't know, I think five full seconds under the water should help. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes for sure. <laughs> the, there's a lot of water in the air. I'm sorry for bringing that up. That might not be immediately applicable, but as well, well I, I think I think it just ties back to the like, it linked like, what what emphasis do we put on the the physical act of baptism? Mm-hmm. All of us here are function over form, are we not? For the most part. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Colton's Depending on what you mean by form. Uh, Colton's yes. not. Okay. Form. No, like, <laughs> what you mean by form. I think Colton's tentative. It's like, yeah, it should always be immersion unless a good reason is presented. Yeah, I'm also mm-hmm. like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think those are extreme examples, but yeah. those good form. reasons might shift for each one of us, but yeah. we're not like, if it's not full submersion in it's a river the, in Jordan that's specifically, not you're not that's saved. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about that? Oh, yeah. It's been so long since we Just did wait. this. Can we can we get through the the other points of unison first? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in the back of your mind. You're right. You're right. You're right. I just right, Philip and I worked really hard on this outline, and, and I'm just <laughs> shooting from the head. And I'm like, hey guys, what about symbols? <laughs> no, 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 that fit the one. Like we got it. Yeah. It's yeah. a good question. I like it. Well, I got a great question. Oh, yeah. We're you keep going. right after this next point. It's right to you. Yeah, thank you. Mostly because in the outline it says so, but it's going right <laughs> to you. All right. Point of agreement. Let's hear um, it. The last point of agreement is that it's Trinitarian in nature. Nope. Uh, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Directly from Jesus' own mouth. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely the Trinity. I mean, when most people talk about uh, an image of the Trinity in the New Testament, mm-hmm. it's either Christ's baptism or his call to baptize. Also, his birth. The announcement of his birth to Mary through Gabriel. Trying to do infant baptism again? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Someone stop him. Jesus was an infant at one point. Are you trying to make the claim that Um, Jesus was baptized as an infant? uh, (laughs) The the Son of God Mm -hmm. will be born uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit conceived in you. Uh, all okay. three members are mentioned. He's, hmm. he's right. Um, oh, so um, you're talking just about the Trinity. You're not talking about baptism yeah. anymore. Okay. Yeah, cool. but specific. Yeah, there's the the three passages that people go to for. Hmm. This that. is a big one. Yeah. yeah. Trinity proofs. Yeah. I hmm. agree, and we could get into the full historical thing, but I, I think that that would be good for a hmm. Trinity podcast itself. Why this yes. is mentioning the Trinity? Yeah, we're gonna have to do an episode on that. I'm very uh, much looking forward uh, to that. On a series of orthodoxy episodes? Well, yes. At some point, we're going to be going through the systematics, okay. um, the proper systematics. That would be easier to do once we get video. Just uh, throw it up on a board behind us. 
Big old chair. It's all just a white get it like a what is that the the projector thing? But not the projector. The like thing you put down the clear paper on. It's becoming very meta. No, no, <laughs> no. We're not getting. I was that. thinking we just get that. GoPros. Like anyway, like, Joel, like... <laughs> Joel, you had a very good question that you were very excited about. Yeah, I started shooting from the hip and we went down. You guys remember like thirteen episodes ago? We used to have segments. Oh yeah! <laughs> Remember are that? We doing, are we bringing back one of our segments? Sacrifice the holy cow. We're sacrificing yeah. the holy cow because yeah. I feel like baptismo is a way is uh, got some baggage to it. Yeah. If you've been following um, Demi Lovato lately, <laughs> sorry, what? If you've been if you've been following Demi Lovato closely, you may have also ended up in the George. <laughs> I do physically follow her very closely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What is this reference? Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. A couple years ago, she a went to the Jordan ago. and got baptized. Yeah, she went she to actually? the... Oh. Guys, let me segue, please. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just astonished. You guys are kind of kick-flipping the segue here. You're right. That's one of the rules. <laughs> that's one of the rules. Joel, take We're over. very meta in this, this episode. I'm sorry for the train wreck. Yeah, so... Joel, let's hear it. She was one of the celebrities that started to perpetuate this fad of going to mm. Jordan to be baptized. We've already said on the podcast that you can really only be baptized one time. So unless you grow up with the knowledge that you can go to the Jordan, maybe, and you just save your baptism for then. It'd be I cool. F- it'd be cool, but it seems like you're, you're, it's a form over function thing where, like, you could have been baptized already, guy. <laughs> like, there was water where you came from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it could finally be an excuse for pilgrimage. I don't know. It, it gets into this, like... True. Our obsession with Israel, which is, which is cool. Yeah, like, I, I I would love Are to you, go there. I, I, um, and... I, <laughs> am I what? Gosh, no. Um, there's I I know enough oh. people, especially in evangelical church, churches, that were like, oh, I went, I didn't, I did a trip to Israel, and when we were driving, there's a tour bus, and they stopped beside the Jordan, and there's a dude in the water, and he was like, I'll baptize you, and then it was like, I got rebaptized, it's such a spiritual experience, and it's like, so it means more now to them. It's, I don't like it. It's was the guy eating are you, bugs? Are you two trying to argue that baptism in the Jordan is a is a ploy devised by the tourism board of Israel? No, 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 think you're just going there for the sights and to you be where Jesus was. And I completely respect that, and I'm fascinated by the history of it. You think? But come on, don't get baptized in fancy places. You think it's more of an ego thing? I don't um, know if I go um, that far. I don't know about ego. I, I think mean, it's if, this... if you're going to go all the way back, go, go get baptized in the Nile. <laughs> Why? Like Moses Why? did. Or the Red Sea. <laughs> like Moses go did. Not <laughs> Are you saying the first infant baptism was Moses in the Nile? <laughs> That's pretty messed up. Uh, and all the other babies, too. Are we... Okay, we're devolving now. We're turning into infinite baptism. My favorite joke. If I may, if I may, before we round out on this thing. Final this point? Final idea. Okay. Say you fall away from Christ, and then you come back. No. Is it all right? Hey, let me finish. Is it... Well, let's start with justified, more than, like, should you kind of thing. To... Be rebaptized. No. No? Not justified? No. Because you were baptized, mm-hmm. you have been baptized. The, mm-hmm. the, the, just because you had a moment of doubt or uh, right. darkness in your, your life. life. Yeah. No, that's normal. 
Christian. Yeah, no, no, as far as I'm aware, no Christian tradition has done that. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're lost. You, you, the benefits of grace have not been taken away from you. No, I, I, I understand and yeah. I agree. It's. I thought you would have gone the other way. That's why I kind of mentioned the mm-hmm. whole Calvinist stuff. Is if they broke the covenant, would they then have to re-engage in the covenantal? No, stuff? because even when you were unfaithful, God is faithful. Mm. Okay. And you don't yeah. have to reinstate a new covenant in order yeah. to be with God. Yeah. Along Absolutely. similar lines, this not off topic, but it's along the same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, can you fall away from grace? Here we go. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to get into the I think like we can. I'm going to give my answer and then Joel's going to take over. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I will get into that uh, Calvinism and Arminianism and determinism yeah. and free will on another episode. That's why I mentioned the whole Calvinist yeah. idea. Cause I look, I thought, look forward to that yeah. way down the pipeline. Actually do look yeah. forward to that. I am looking, forward I'm to looking that. forward to it. Yeah. Joel, take it away. I'll see you in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Miss Lovato. Yeah. Um, Thanks for listening to the Second Right States podcast. Um, I hope that if we haven't been entertaining, we've been funny. Um, <laughs> oh, this wait, is our, I said that wrong. This is our we first part. Educational. That'd be funny. This is our first part in our ordinance series. Yes. In our in our sacrament series. Oh yeah. Next yeah. bit is communion. Yeah, Lord's Supper, Eucharist, whatever you want to call it. Mm. I'm excited for that. Yep. The oh. sign and meal of the new covenant. Yeah, the bread and the grape juice. Yeah. Last Supper. Last Shindig. Last Supper again. Joel, end it, please. Yeah, no. <laughs> Check us out on Instagram. We already dropped all those links at the beginning. You can listen to the podcast again if you want. <laughs> Thanks for making it this far. We appreciate you guys. Look out for our content online. Caleb, you already set it up. Bye.